I've learned a lot more about maintenance in RVs, especially with my husband sort of, you know, teaching me things. Um, I've realized that I can do, you know, more difficult things than I thought I could. Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hello, friends and fellow RV queens. This is Kate White, your host, coming to you from a little town called Buchanan, Michigan, which is about 30 minutes away from that western shore of Lake Michigan. Western? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, we are snuggled in the woods, and it's kind of a dreary day, so it feels really cozy. Today, I was honored to be able to chat with Miss Wendy Wright, who is such a fantastic human. She is a former school teacher, still teaches online uh, some, and her and her husband are the couple behind Glamp Life Outdoor Rugs. Okay, if you haven't heard of Glamp Life and you are in the RV space or looking to get an RV or just interested in out like beautiful outdoor spaces, you have to go check out their rugs. She has really good taste in selecting like the most beautiful outdoor mats that I'm nerding out about. And the story behind how they got on the road and when they got on the road and started living in their RV is fascinating because they actually started the rug business before they moved into an RV. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you will too. Let's get into it. Hello, Wendy, and ha- uh, oh boy, let me try that again. <laughs> Hello, Wendy, and I'm, welcome to the RV Queens I'm the podcast. Type that, like, if I start laughing hard, there's like no recovering. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I totally messed that one up. Uh, uh, I was gonna say I'm I'm the type that if I start laughing hard, I will not stop. So I'm gonna try my hardest to like. I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm like trying to stay composed because you did it together. Oh you know what? It's nice to just like mess up from the beginning and then it'll be fine. Okay. Let me just try introducing you one more time and see if we can do it. Hello, Wendy, and welcome to the RV Queens podcast. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. It has been, you know, one of those days that we have some time in RV life, but I am doing great right now. How about you? I am, you know, kind of having a similar day. We we did a lot of running around and um, we're near South Bend, Indiana, where the Notre Dame campuses and we had a visit over there. So we saw some cool stuff today and then now we're back in the campground and living life. We are in Ocoee, Tennessee or Benton, Tennessee, um, which is where the home of the 1996 Olympics was. Like, you know, the main stuff was in Atlanta, but um, the whitewater rafting competition was up by the Ocoee River. And they used to have a really nice, they used to have a really nice center up here called the Whitewater Center. It unfortunately burnt down over the past year, but it's still a place that I recommend visiting. If you are ever in East Tennessee, it's very pretty up here. There are tons of trails, waterfalls. And of course, if you are a thrill seeker, whitewater rafting is a lot of fun. Wow. I feel like you could be a tour guide for that area. You're so articulate about it. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So is this... 
the part of Tennessee that you guys have been living in? Or are you just camping from that area for now? It's right outside of where we're from. We're from Cleveland, and this is about 15 minutes past. So uh, when, like, I came to this area you know, feels like a hundred years ago, uh, for college and, um, went to Lee university in Cleveland, met my husband in this area. Cause he's from here. And, um, we really only have one RV park in Cleveland and it's really expensive. And we were like, this is better, a little bit quieter, not all the amenities that we have other places, but, um, but it's, it's a nice, quiet, cute little place. So we like it here. We'll be leaving here this week and hitting the road again, but we've been able to visit family and friends and, you know, get a lot of the stuff that we have to get done medical wise while we're here. So it's been nice. We stayed in Cleveland, Tennessee a couple of months ago. It's outside Chattanooga. So we kind of did a lot of the touristy Chattanooga stuff. Um, but yeah, Cleveland is a really cute little town. We really enjoyed it. I would love to he- start your story actually back in Tennessee. So you were living in Tennessee and um, homeschooling your kiddos after being a teacher for 10 years. Uh, and then in 2020, your husband lost his job. I mean, it's like I've heard, we've all heard these stories like a hundred times, right? You, somebody loses a job in 2020. We're all like yeah. reconsidering our whole lives. <laughs> um, is that year when you guys started RVing or and traveling more and being outside in nature more? Or had you been familiar with RV stuff before that? So that was the year that we actually started our business, um, which really pointed us on to the RV community and the RV life. Um, and my husband, actually, I, I need to clarify with that, he didn't lose his job, but everything was shut down with his job. So it was at that point in time, we did have more family time. And I realized, like, I knew I missed him a lot when he was gone. We was working nights at the time. Um, but when they shut down the factory and we were just like, oh my goodness, you know, is like, what's going to happen? Are they going to let you go back? Are they, you know, they did partial pay and, you know, all these things that were better than completely losing your job, but it was still, um, you know, a precarious situation. We were sort of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So we did not start RVing at that time. Um, my background in RVing was actually um, very small. <laughs> my uh, parents used to have, or actually my grandparents had a membership at this place in Georgia called Unicoi Springs, where we would go and rent a stationary RV. So we, I had no experience with like, you know, hooking things up and, and all of those things. But my sister, Lauren Grahalva of the the wanderpreneurs, she and her family had taken off a few years prior. And um, once we realized how much more time we had to go and explore the area, you know, the place where we lived, you know, the Okoe River, so close by, we used to live right by the Hawassi, like we had so much beautiful stuff around us, but we're so busy, we could not go and spend a lot of family time together. So when he was home during that time of leave, we said, we need to change something. You know, we need to do something. So that was when, um, honestly, talking to my sister, I said, like, I'm tired of, of teaching online and, and just homeschooling and just staying home. I want more adventure and more chances to do things. And um, we said, you know, we, we need to start our own business. And the RV niche was just something that we were always interested in doing, but we just never had the time to do it. My husband got like two weeks off a year and 
you know, like normally we would go and visit family or go to the beach, but um, it didn't make financial sense for us to have an RV during that time. It was something we wanted to have, but couldn't fit it in our, our really busy lives at that time. This is fascinating to me because you're kind of like, your sister starts traveling in an RV. You are a little bit familiar with RV stuff from your childhood. And you have this mix of like personal, like stuff going on and, and everyone's like refactoring their life in 2020. Right. Um, and you decide to start a business and like, tell me about that process because I, you had to explore like so many ideas to, to like land on the one you finally ended up with, which I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about glamp life in a minute, but tell me about those early days. Like what, what other products were you assessing? How did that process go for you? Well, it was really crazy because um, coming from a background as a professional teacher, you know, that's very far away from a business. Like when you're a teacher, you get a steady paycheck, you have scheduled time off, you, you know, manage your classroom, but it's very different from, um, from, from having a business background. Um, and same thing with my husband, he had always worked for someone else, but we knew that something needed to change. So we just started doing research. We took some courses about like, you know, what would be a good business for us? We had honestly for the past year been playing with the idea of potentially like getting a franchise. So we had been saving up money, but a franchise is like extremely expensive, even like a, a low end franchise. It's hard to get one for less than 20 to 30 thousand. And then you still have to, you know, have money for the building and rent and employees and many things that we didn't feel like we had the capacity for. And I knew that since traveling was something that we wanted to do, um, having a physical business um, and a physical location was not going to fit into our plan. So we kept on looking and researching and we finally realized, goodness, like if we sold online products and we shipped them to people, especially through a, a revenue stream like, you know, Amazon, um, I literally had no idea at that point in time that you could, like anyone could just be like, hey, I'm going to create my own brand and I'm going to, you know, go into business for myself and create products. I had no clue what to do. So we actually took an online course that we found just randomly. We said, you know, we have this time with COVID. We want to make a change. And um, it was through taking that online course that we said, maybe this is something that will fit our plans, something where we can put time into um, a business that will not tie us to one location. You know, we really just wanted more freedom to travel. And um, goodness, in researching products, we were just trying to look at, you know, what are some things that we know about that we could improve? Um, I really enjoy like decorating and home decor. So we looked into a lot of that. Um, with educational background, I looked at lots of educational products. And um, in the end, you know, once again, I'm going to give credit to my sister. She helped me decide on um, like the RV rugs that were our first product. Um, you know, the whole idea behind our business was to find something that we could 
improve. You know, eventually I would love to invent something completely from scratch. That would be amazing. But to start off, we said, let's just find something and make it better so we can stand above the competition. But yeah, like we, gosh, it took months and months of research, buying lots of products, testing things out, seeing what we did and didn't like, you know, reaching out to factories and um, seeing what we could do. It looks like it's been going for years. It's only been running three years and your website is beautiful. You're rocking it in the RV niche. You do such a great job partnering with content creators, especially on Instagram and stuff, doing giveaways like props to you. You've even been like in media. So whatever course you took, and I'm sure there's a lot of like self-taught things too, like good job. It's so cool. And you're... um, your mats are just like so cute too. It's they're way more unique than what you just find on I don't know from Target or somewhere <laughs> some like home stores, you know. So you're awesome. Shout out to you. Um, Thank you. Okay, so just <laughs> I tell you a year. What, the RV community oh, yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yes, so supportive. Very strong community. So uh, it's a good it's a good niche to be in. Um, so. It's only been a year ago, right, that you decided to sell your house and uh, go full-time in an RV. Is that right? Yes. Um, we had we had a few things um, going on that, were, that was really keeping us here. And part of it was actually the business. Even though we made it to be um, available for us to travel, there are still things that you have to do back home occasionally. And, and also... Um, one of our children has a medical condition where they have to see the doctor every so often. And so it's one of those situations where it seemed like we had a lot of barriers keeping us here. And in the end, we just said, you know what, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we sold the house. We actually almost left a year prior and things just kept on coming up. And we said, okay, this is not the time. We'll wait a little bit longer. And um, it's crazy to think that it's been about a year now. What kind of factors went into you guys really pulling the trigger and saying, okay, it's time. We're going to get on the road after considering it so long and having your sister on the road and, and all that. I think I finally had to give my fears and logic a rest <laughs> because um, there's not a lot of logic in selling an appreciating asset and buying a depreciating asset. And I'm a very logical person. So it was really hard for me to be like, I'm going to let go of something that I like. I really liked our house. Um, you know, just to be honest, I really liked it. It was more house than we needed, but it was in a safe neighborhood, a good location. And, um, um, it just was something that I really liked. So it's a different situation than some people that like, you know, they wanted to move anyway, or they wanted to do this. Like I like our community and I like this area. And, but I had to remember that those things could, I can always move back. You know, if I decide that a house is right for me again, then we'll do that. But my kids, like at, at their ages right now, they just turned 10 and 13. Like those are really important ages. And I could see that even with us homeschooling them, um, they, the older that kids get, the more they want to say, you know, pull away from the family and do their own thing, which is fine. You know, that's part of growing up, but they wanted to travel also. And I knew that one day they wouldn't. <laughs> I said, you know, we need to do this now while they are interested in it and excited and um, just open to the idea. So that was the biggest thing. We said, you know, if we don't do it now, we might not. Uh, so let's go for it. 
Hey, guess what? This is a sponsored episode, and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part? They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. I'm sure there have been lots of challenges running a physical product business while you're, you know, living full time in an RV, traveling a lot. What are the logistics behind the scenes that you and your husband have navigated to keep both your personal life and your business like running smoothly? <laughs> that has, um, yeah, that's a great question. So I think our biggest issue that we have dealt with since being on the road is inventory. Um, because, because we depend on, you know, some people will call it like a 3PL or um, we depend on other people to help us ship our items. Um, there are there are times where there's inventory limits, but I just ordered something and it's on the way to the fulfillment center. And they're like, oh, guess what? You can't send everything here. So that's happened to me once um, where I had to figure out, okay, where am I going to put these things? So we have to get you know, storage units and other things because we don't have an extra room in a house or a garage that we can just put extra things in anymore. So that has been tough. Um returns have been tough, you know, finding someone that can get those returns for us, refurbish them, look after them, or, you know, put them to the side so we can look and see if they're, um, you know, resellable, damaged, uh, all of that stuff. Um, I believe those are probably our biggest challenges in being on the road. We just had to go down to Florida because while we were in Florida, we had to move around a lot of our inventory. And um, because we had a, a big fee, which was a lot of fun, because they said, oh, you know, it's close to Christmas and some of these items are not selling as fast as we want them to, like some of our mats, because it's not necessarily the, the fast season for that. So we got a big fee and had to move inventory to another place while we were out of state. So things like that have probably been our um, our biggest challenges because it's not always easy just to pick up your home and find another place to move. And it can be, you know, it can be very expensive to do a, a cross-country trip to just move something around. And um, we have some wonderful people that have helped us with things. I have one lady that helps me with some of the shipping of the items that we do ship locally. Um, and my mother-in-law has been great to help me with some of my returns, but at the end of the day, um, I, I really feel like moving the physical inventory around has been our biggest challenge so far. And are you and your husband like all in on this or do you have other, you know, income streams coming in as well? We, that was another reason we were thinking we might need to wait longer to travel because we are not at a point right now where we can fully live on this. Um, it's going to happen one of these days, but you know, anytime we have a big fee that we, unex that are, is unexpected as the business owners, you know, there goes the money that we were going to pay ourselves. You know, it's always funny when you're a business owner, you can figure out how to pay other people to do things for you, but paying yourself is oftentimes the last thing that you do. Um, I also teach online part-time. 
I teach kids in China um, with VIP Kid, which is what I had done a few years ago, and then it kind of stalled, and then they sort of started back. So that's a, a nice little um, supplemental income. And my husband also got certified to be an RV tech, and he does that, you know, does odd jobs here and there. And um, those are our big things right now. So three different income streams, and we're always looking for more. Love that. And I've heard that story a lot of times, meeting other RV families. Um, and I mean, it's just kind of how it is when you're self-employed and an entrepreneur and just got to make it happen, make it work. And <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that when uh, when they hear this interview too. Um, okay. So I'm curious to hear on the homeschooling front, you know, you're a former teacher and like you even teach professionally now. Um, you probably have more insight into education than moms like me who are just kind of like coming into this cold. I was, I worked in technology before I was a homeschool mom. Um, so tell me, what is your approach to homeschooling? <sighs> Honestly, I really had to unlearn a lot of things that I did in public school. Um, I had taught like two years of preschool and then um, all the other eight years were in like seventh grade language arts. So a lot of things that they teach you in school is like related to more classroom management and testing and test and measurements. And I can definitely apply some of what I learned in school to my own children, but it's very, very different. Um, so I don't ever want any homeschool mom to think that they can't do it just because they don't have a background in education. There are there are so many amazing resources out there right now. Um, and to be honest, I am still feeling like I'm figuring it out. <laughs> uh, one of my children has a few challenges in school academically. And um, both of my children have tried public school and homeschool. We had to really figure out what was going to work individually for our children. One of our kids even went to a private school specifically for um, the challenge that they have one year. And, you know, we're always looking at how we can make things work. I am not scared to, you know, hire a tutor to help. You know, that's something that we have done before because uh, even with personalities and different things, there's different strengths and weaknesses. I will tell anyone I'm a horrible math teacher. Like I can do math, but to explain it, I don't do that very well. Um, this past year, we've done more like thematic unit studies. We did a lot with Gather Round, and I've really enjoyed that. I still feel like um, I think I've tried almost math, every math curriculum at this point in time, and I don't know yet if I have found what will work for both of my children. I, um, you know, I, I told my husband recently, I said, I think this curriculum might work better for this child and then this one for this child. And, and really we just supplement as we go, but I have tried to be a lot more relaxed and not tried to like replicate public school at home because that doesn't work for my kids. We do a lot of breaks. We do a lot of thematic unit studies, hands-on stuff. And, um, and, and we take a lot of breaks. So, like we're doing year round school right now, which meant that even though they didn't want to, we did a little bit this morning and then they took a break. So, you know, that's what works for my kids right now. Uh, will you tell me what thematic studies means? Yes, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, basically, 
um, a thematic study study would be like a theme. So, for example, with Gather Round, it's um, we studied oceans for a few months while we were in Florida, and um, you learn about all different types of ocean currents and the way it works. And um, then we learned about like the different animals of the ocean, where they live, how the the ecosystem works, how we try to you know fight against pollution in the ocean and um, the effects of it. And um, it just everything that we learned had to do with the ocean. If we had a really chill day, I would say, okay, kids, find something you're interested in and YouTube it, you know, and we just sat down and relaxed and watched about what their favorite animal that day in the ocean. Um, so that's kind of what a thematic unit is. It's just um, a theme, you know, an animal, a place. They have they have themes on like, you know, the whole continent of Africa even. And then it like breaks down the different countries and the history and language and culture. So um, it just depends on what you want to teach your kids. And I think that's the biggest difference in like the public school where I thought like my kids had to be on level. You know, my kids have to, to meet all of these criteria and the standard. And there are still homeschool parents that do that. And that's not a problem. I just, it's not what works for my family and my kids right now. You know, I've told my husband, I said, if I die, use my, <laughs> use my, um, insurance, like my life insurance to hire a private tutor. I said, I don't want my kids to have to go back to public school. So we're not worrying about what they're supposed to be learning at the different age levels. We are sort of pulling and um, figuring out what they are interested in and stuff. So not quite unschooling, but like closer to unschooling than public schooling. You know, I got to be honest, that makes my heart feel really good because... That's basically been our approach too, especially when it comes to things like science and history. Um, when we went down, we stayed in Gulf Shores, Alabama for like a month last fall. And I didn't know the term was thematic studies, but what you describe is uh, basically what we did there. I was like, okay, we're going to learn about the, um, what's it called when you learn about the water system, right? Where it's like evaporates and turns into clouds and then, you know comes down in the rain, whatever that's called. Like we learned about that because we were right by the ocean. The water and we cycle. could go talk about it. Yeah, the water cycle. Thank you. Um, you are a professional. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> right. And like we saw the little turtles and we talked about ocean life. So I love that approach because it's so much more we hands want on. To see the turtles. And, yeah. And and like when kids can actually like touch and feel and see things in real life, I'm just, I feel really lucky and grateful to be able to give them those experiences now um, instead of just reading about things in a textbook. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, they're going to remember it so much more. Like, I don't know about you. I don't remember a lot about school. <laughs> like I remember usually the projects. I usually remember the things that were hands-on that were interesting to me because you're just using more parts of your brain in that way. And they're fun. And like, that's how I retain things. So I think our kids are the same way. I agree. And I think that's part of why kids are so drawn to like arts and crafts. You know, if if you just like put a bunch of physical materials in front of a kid and they're just like humans are just kind of natural creators, especially when we're little and um, don't have a bunch of <laughs> crazy stuff going on, our, on in our brain. <laughs> uh, like they just want to make things and be creative and learn about like 
the physical world. And uh, it's so cool to be able to be a part of that process every day for them. Uh, it's been pretty cool. Um, okay. So you, I mean, you've been kind of familiar with and adjacent to RV life for several years now. And now that you've made the shift for a year to living full-time in an RV, how do you think you've changed as a person over the past year? It is, I still feel like I'm growing a lot. I still feel like a total noob, especially compared to all the amazing people you've interviewed so far. And you've um, interviewed some like people have been doing this for so many years. Um, And I feel like I am still in the process of changing a lot. And one of them is letting go of my plans. (laughs) I really like, so we do thousand trails and I bought like the adventure package because I said, I need to plan well in advance. I need to know where we are, what we're going to be doing and, you know, schedule things out because I'm not I'm not always the most detailed person. And I said, if I have all that time, that gives me time to like fill in the blanks and figure things out. And um, so, so that has been a, a growth issue of like letting go and realizing things change. Like last week, we were supposed to only be in Florida for a week and we ended up staying almost two weeks because of, of some holdups. Um, also just like trying to relax a little bit more, you know, with homeschooling and realizing that real life is still teaching my children. You know, I can still count, you know, um, cooking and housework and the real life things that we're doing because those are the things that are going to, you know, carry our children. Um, I've learned a lot more about maintenance in RVs, especially with my husband sort of, you know, teaching me things. Um, I've realized that I can do, you know, more difficult things than I thought I could. And I've definitely realized that I can live with less. I, I've always considered myself to be a bit of a minimalist, but um, what that meant in my house is that, you know, oh, when I'm done using it, I stick it in my closet. <laughs> and, and that's not a good way to live because you, that stuff is still living there, you know? And um, I, I realized, you know, I can live with less. I can explore more. I am trying to get better at like meeting new people. I am a bit reserved. So I love people, but typically in small groups. And I'm trying to get a little bit better about realizing that people on the road, like oftentimes are open to making friends versus, you know, in your own town, it's sort of like you kind of have your friend group, you know? Um, so I think all of those things are, are things that I've grown in and am continuing to grow in. Yeah. I can totally relate with that too, especially the flexibility part. Wow. Talk about things changing all the time. Uh, okay, so you are you were interested in interior design, and I bet you know knowing what I've seen from just your Instagram feed, it seems like you probably had like a really beautiful house at one point because you have a beautiful RV right now. Are you? Uh, do you find yourself giving people like tips and tricks about? RV interiors and design and stuff like that pretty often? There is a lot that I've learned, um, but I personally can't take credit for everything in our RV right now because of the fact that we bought it renovated. 
Um, I knew that with the busyness of um, getting used to RV life, I said, I like, and, and because I helped my sister paint her walls and do all that before she took off, I said, I don't think I have the capacity to do that right now. <laughs> so, so we did buy one that was already renovated and, and did things, but I will tell people there's more that you can change than you think. Um, I did not realize in the beginning that like, you know, with an RV, there's not like load bearing walls. If I wanted to take down the fireplace and take out the wall and do all of that, you know, the interior stuff, you can do that. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I love the fact that you can paint the walls. You can put wallpaper up. You can put real blinds in. You know, you can put screws in the walls. Like all the things that people um, were concerned about, I can certainly tell them, you know, that you have freedom to decorate however you want to. And um, you can bring plants with you. I love that. I didn't bring all the plants that I had in my old house because I had tons and tons of plants. Um, and that's mainly because I haven't yet figured out the best way to to put everything everywhere. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I guess you could just make your RV feel as homey as you want to. And, you know, in summary, you don't have to make it feel like... Um, like it just was spit out of a factory, you know, <laughs> like, and not that there's anything wrong with it. RVs are so much more beautiful now than they used to be. Like I have been so impressed with every year I go to a new RV shows and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much more gorgeous than, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but you can just do so much to make it more homey by adding layers and textures and, you know, plants and all the things you would have at home just, you know, on a smaller scale. <laughs> and where did you find your renovated RV to buy? In Cleveland, believe it or not. It was the funniest thing. Like I, um, you know, we had almost sold um, our house the prior year. So I had been looking, gosh, I think I've been looking for RVs for years and years because we were, we were considering, you know, keeping our house and also having an RV, but we lived in a neighborhood with an HOA where like you can't park your RV in your backyard or your front yard or your driveway. Or so I said, well, maybe we can buy a small one and stick it in our garage. You know, I was trying to think of all the ideas. Um, so I, I actually had found, I know crazy. Um, I found a lady that had renovated an RV and I said, oh my gosh, honey, like it was on Facebook marketplace. <laughs> And I said, look at how gorgeous this is. I love it. It doesn't fit us because it didn't have a bunkhouse. It didn't have any room for the children, that particular one. But I just started following her. And I said, you know, let's see what else she does. And um, then eventually she put this one out. It's, um, it's a renovated momentum. So it's a toy hauler, which works well for us when we have to move our inventory around. You know, we can clear out the whole as a 14-foot garage. And, um, you know, I loved it. But... In, in our case, we had to wait and sort of see what we made on our house sale to see if it was doable in the budget, you know? Um, so we were super excited when um, she was great. She worked with us. She knew we were going to sell our house and, um, you know, kind of held it for us, which was super amazing. But yeah, right here in Cleveland, I went and looked at RVs one time at Camping World, found some okay stuff, but um, like, when I saw this for the first time, we all just really fell in love with it. You got lucky. That's awesome. It was meant to be. <laughs> I have one more question for you, and then I'll have you tell everyone where to find you and connect with you online. Uh, so the slogan for this show is a podcast about unexpected riches. And I would love for you to share what are the unexpected 
what's the unexpected richness that you found from RV life? Oh, wow. Um, I just love the family time that we have, you know, because of the fact that my husband was working full time at a factory job. He was working like 12 to 14 hours and it was, it was just awful. So I feel like the the biggest um, win for us is the amount of time that we have. And like, honestly, just I don't know, like if with us being able to take maybe one vacation somewhere and then we always had to be back, like there's no way we could have seen even half of what we've explored in the year that we have been out here. I love it. And I think that's really relatable too. like family time is number one, the most incredible thing that's happened for us. And, and it sounds so cliche and obvious <laughs> because we're like, Living in an RV, super small space together, 24-7. But it's seriously like such a gift to just be like present together so much, you know, and it's it's wonderful. Okay, Miss Wendy, tell everyone where they can connect with you online and also where they can go find your beautiful Glamp Life mats. Woohoo! Um, so, uh, the dot glamp life is our business Instagram, and then our family Instagram is the dot glamp life family. So nice and simple. Um, we do have goals to do a lot more. I have. I feel like since being on the road, I've struggled a little bit more with putting out content because of just getting used to things, you know, on the road, the the extra chores or the different chores and those types of things. Um, also, you can find our items at theglamplife.com or on Amazon. You can just search, you know, Glamp Life RV rugs or just the best RV mats. Any of those things will work. <laughs> And um, yeah, we we actually recently launched on um, Walmart. We're not in the stores, but we're on walmart.com and Etsy. And let me see. We're doing a little bit with eBay right now. I think I'm going to shut that down and just focus on the others. We're still working on getting our Instagram shop running smoothly. It wants to disappear sometimes. But um, yeah, like our website is probably the easiest way to find us. But, and of course on the road, you know, send us a message if you're ever in the same area. We are super excited to meet people. Oh, we will be at the Hershey, Pennsylvania RV show in September. So, um, I'm going to be sending out requests at some point in time. If anyone wants to meet up with us there, we're looking for a glamp squad. I'm going to be working on (laughs) gathering together some, um, people to, you know, maybe help us run the booth up there and hang out up there and get together so that's awesome i haven't heard of that but it sounds like a good time especially when the town is called hershey pennsylvania (laughs) they say that they're the largest rv show but i think i've heard that for many different rv shows so i don't know yeah i know it's like when people are like best cheeseburger in the world really have we uh, tasted all the cheeseburgers in the world and (laughs) have we seen all the rv shows (laughs) in the (laughs) right Uh, well it was such a joy to chat with you today wendy thank you so much for being on the podcast oh thank you so much for having me hopefully we can meet in person sometime and i feel so honored that you interviewed me this has been a lot of fun so what did you think was that inspiring or what hey 
before you go, I have one thing to ask of you. Will you open up your podcast app and give us a rating and a review, please? Pretty please with a cherry on top. That would really help spread the Avery Queen's love and help us climb up the algorithms. (laughs) I love being a part of this community with you all. I hope you have a great week and I will see you on the road. Oh, I'm excited for that.